0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Legends of Surgery. I'm your host, Tyler Rose. I thought it'd be fun to do something a little different and cover the introduction of Western surgery into Japan. Of course, there's a lot of world events tied into that, including the history of the colonial powers dividing up the known world amongst themselves. As we'll see, the Dutch ended up having the greatest influence, creating the foundation of what would become modern surgery in Japan. Along the way, we'll meet some influential surgeons, including a Japanese doctor, that performed surgery under a sort of general anesthesia decades before the ether Dome. It'll make sense later, trust me. So let's set sail to the land of the rising sun in this episode of Legends of Surgery. Let's begin with the state of Japanese medicine in the time period before contact with the West. Through their military conquests of mainland Asia, Japan was exposed to the traditional Chinese practices. For more than a millennium, the Japanese followed a system of medicine that they called or hand technique, which had been adopted from the Chinese in the 7th century CE. This used herbal medications, acupuncture, and something called moxibustion, which was the act of burning dried mugwort on various points at the body. Now, the first awareness of Japan in Europe probably came from the writings of the Italian explorer Marco Polo, who, in his book of the Marvels of the World, written in 1300 CE, described the island of Zapangu, which was Japan, which he likely heard about during his travels in China. But it would be another 250 years before the first European would arrive in Japan. And who that would be, would be decided by the leader of the Catholic Church. On May 4th of 1493, Pope Alexander VI drew, quote, by the authority of Almighty God, end quote, an imaginary line from the North Pole to the South Pole, I assume going through the Vatican, stating that all newly discovered non-Christian countries east of this line should fall to the Portuguese and everything west of it to the Spaniards. And thus, the Portuguese were the first to set foot in Japan when two traders landed on the island of Tanegashima in 1543. Soon thereafter, St. Francis Xavier became the first Roman Catholic missionary to go there in 1549. Now eventually both Spain and Portugal would send people there, for both trade and to convert the Japanese to Catholicism. But along with traders and missionaries came physicians. One of the most well-known was Luis de Almeida, who arrived in Japan in 1555 and provided medical care to Japanese. It was said that he operated outside, possibly for better light, but also to dispel the myth among the Japanese that the southern barbarians, as they were known, sucked out people's lifeblood and ate human flesh. Another, the Portuguese doctor... Christoveo Ferreira set up the Nambanji, or School of Southern Barbarians in the province of Omi in southern Japan, to teach surgery to the Japanese. Quick aside, the origin of the word barbarian comes from ancient Greece, and was used to describe all non-Greek-speaking foreigners. The root word was barbaros, which means babbler, and was onomatopoeic. To the Greeks, foreigners made unintelligible sounds, i.e. bar-bar-bar. Now the Romans, who by this definition would be barbarians themselves, changed the definition to mean all foreigners that lacked Greek or Roman traditions, especially the surrounding tribes. Think barbarians at the gates. Okay, back to Japan. The increasing influence of the Christian church didn't sit well with the powers that be in Japan. A series of edicts from 1633 to 1639, enacted by the shogun Takugawa Ayasu, declared that no foreigner or Japanese person could enter or leave the country under penalty of death. Thus began the period of isolation, which lasted from 1639 to 1853 and was called the Sakoku period, which meant country in chains. The shogun kept the ports closed to all foreign ships, with one exception. The first Dutch ship to visit Japan was in 1600, and in 1609, a Dutch delegation traveled there to meet with the shogun to create a trade treaty. By the time of the period of isolation, the Dutch had a trading relationship with Japan, but had not tried to convert the Japanese, which may be why they alone were allowed to access Japan. To a point. In the Bay of Nagasaki, there was a man-made island called Decima. Originally built for the Portuguese in 1635, the Dutch were allowed to move in from their old trading post in Haradu in 1641. Known as the factory, the island was walled on all sides and connected to the mainland by a narrow bridge. Shaped like a fan, it measured 300 meters on the south side, 160 meters on the north side, and 70 meters across the middle. On the shore side, the bridge was fenced off by Japanese officials so that nobody could leave or enter the island without their permission. On the island, there was the chief, who was in charge of the trade affairs and maintained contacts with the shogun. There was also a warehouse keeper, a bookkeeper, several clerks, servants from Java and the East Indies, which is now part of Indonesia, and of course, a barber surgeon who was responsible for providing health care on Decima, and before long, also treating Japanese patients from Nagasaki. The Dutch East India Company was in charge of trade with Japan. The company was founded in 1602 and lasted until 1799. It was given a monopoly on all Dutch trade, east of the Cape of Good Hope, which is the tip of South Africa, and west of the Strait of Magellan, which is the tip of South America. And at its peak, was estimated to have been worth $7.4 trillion, of course in modern day valuation, making it the largest company in history. Now the company assigned to each of her major ships one or more surgeons. And becoming a ship surgeon took only one year of apprenticeship, giving the ship surgeon a less favorable image than that of his land-based colleagues. But up to 1850, some 60 surgeons had been appointed to the Dutch factory on Decima for periods of one to four years, and these were the representatives of Western surgery to Japan. The only Japanese allowed on the island were interpreters, and it was they and not the established Japanese physicians who were the first students of the Dutch surgeons. They would even present their students with a surgeon's certificate after passing a proficiency test, as was custom with the surgical guilds in Holland. The first Japanese student to receive a certificate was Hoan Arashiyama on January 21, 1665. Later, Dutch surgical schools were founded and Dutch surgery propagated. It was known in Japan as Komorayu Geka, or Surgery of the Red-Haired, as the Japanese called the Dutch. Now, Japanese physicians came to learn at these schools, and one Japanese physician, Chinzan Narabayashi, created a textbook of surgery called Koi Gekwa Soden in 1704, meaning Surgery as Taught by the Red-Haired Barbarians, which was based partially on a Dutch translation of the work of the famous French surgeon Ambrose Paré, which had been published in Amsterdam in 1649. It was also based on other Dutch texts, the oral instructions he'd received from the Dutch surgeons in Japan, his own surgical experiences, and even had some Chinese influences. Now, initially, reading or possessing Dutch books was punishable by death, but in 1720, the shogun Yoshimuni allowed the introduction of Western books. The first medical text directly translated was on anatomy, and that was entitled Keite Shinsho, which meant new book on anatomy, in 1774, which became the first Western scientific text, translated entirely into Japanese. Given that post-mortem dissections had long been forbidden in Japan, this went a long way to adding anatomical knowledge. And one of the more influential of the Dutch surgeons was a man named Casper Schambergen, who was actually a German surgeon employed by the Dutch East India Company. He arrived in Japan in 1649 and stayed until 1651. During his time in Japan, he gave lessons in surgery to the Japanese Introduced a surgical teaching system, and founded an influential Dutch school of surgery known as Casper Ryugeke, or the Casper School of Surgery. Schambergen was one of the first factory surgeons to visit Edo, the residence of the shogun, a city we now know as Tokyo. An interesting fact even back then, it was one of the largest cities in the world, with an estimated one million inhabitants in 1721. Once a year, the head of the Dutch factory was obliged to wait on the shogun in Edo. The journey took several months, and Schambergen was invited to go. The shogun was so impressed by his skill that he was invited to stay for six months. So now let's talk about one of the most famous Japanese surgeons in this time period. Or at least I should say famous in Japan, because most people outside of Japan had not heard of him. His name was Saishu Hanaoka, and he lived from 1760 to 1835. Hanaoka was born in Kiai, in modern-day Wakayama Prefecture, into a long line of physicians. He learned traditional Japanese medicine from his physician father until the age of 22, and then trained in the Casper-style surgery in Kyoto from 1782 to 85. Remember, this was more than 100 years after Casper Schembergen's time in Japan. Thus, Hanaoka's education was a blend of traditional Chinese herbal medicine and Western surgery, Following his training, Hanoka returned home after his father died to take over his practice. In an effort to relieve patients of pain during surgery, Hanoka embarked on what would become a 20-year quest to identify the combination of medicines to create a surgical anesthetic. His inspiration came from Hua Tao, a Chinese physician from the 3rd century CE who had performed operations using a herbal concoction. Unfortunately, the ingredient list had long been lost but Hanaoka was determined to rediscover it. After experimenting on cats and dogs, he eventually found a mixture of seven herbs and oils, which he called susan The final test was to try it on a human subject. Both his mother and his wife wanted to be the one to help him most, so they both tested the final recipe. Hanaoka gave them both a dose, although his mother received a less potent mix. It was a success, at least from an anesthetic standpoint. But tragically, the experiment left his wife blind. The mixture contained atropine and scopolamine, among other things, and the blindness likely was due to anticholinergic toxicity. The story was told in both a book called The Doctor's Wife and a movie by the same name. Now, the compound's onset of action was two to three hours and produced six to eight hours of unconsciousness. During that time, the patient can breathe spontaneously on their own. Now, technically, it's not really a general anesthetic by the modern definition, which is to produce both unconsciousness and analgesia, which is the inability to feel pain. The concoction didn't cause analgesia, but it was more like a heavy sedation and not true anesthesia. But for our purposes, we'll consider it the 19th century equivalent of general anesthesia. And on October 13th of 1804, Hannaoka used it to perform the first surgery under this type of anesthesia, a full 42 years before the events of the Dome, See podcast two. The patient was 60-year-old Kan Aya, and on the morning of that day, she drank a draft of Su and three hours later was unconscious on the operating table. She was there to remove a breast tumor, and here is the description of the operation as it comes down to us from Hanaoka. Quote, the cancerous mass is excised with a curved knife modified by myself, then the wound cavity is washed with ardent spirits, which means alcohol, to clean and sterilize. Drains of cotton threads are inserted into the cavity, the wound surface is closed by suturing carefully, and an ointment made of coconut oil is applied on the suture line, end quote. Now, six hours after the surgery began, Khan woke up, and after 20 days she recovered completely and went home. Khan survived for four months and died on February 26, 1805. Hanaoka would go on to perform more than 150 breast operations with Tsusensan, as well as operations ranging from removal of nasal polyps, tongue cancers, cataracts, testicular tumors, and kidney stones, to the repair of cleft palates and anovaginal fistulas, just to name a few. He wrote 10 manuscripts describing the operations he performed, and designed several novel surgical instruments. And here's a fun fact for you. The Japanese Society of Anesthesiologists pays homage to Hanaoka through their emblem, with the letters JSA overlying a datura flower, which is the main ingredient of tsusensen. Interestingly, Hanaoka was ahead of his time in other aspects of surgery as well. He practiced asepsis, believing that strong spirits, 30% alcohol, to clean skin before surgery was better than the practice of using rose water. And even the layout of his clinic, which was discovered from excavations done in 1995, showed separate areas for clinical activities, pharmacological preparations, sick areas, waiting areas, resident physicians, and sanitation. In his lifetime, Henoka received widespread fame and founded the leading school of surgery in Japan. He died in 1835 at the age of 75. Now let's move on to another of the better-known European surgeons in Japan during the isolation period. Philip Franz von Siebold, was a German surgeon sent to the Dutch factory in Japan by the Dutch East India Company in 1823. He would stay there until 1829, and return again in 1859 for another two years, and we'll see why in a minute. When first arriving, von Siebold did not speak very good Dutch, which made the Japanese suspicious, until he convinced them that he was a Yama Orendajin, which meant Mountaineer Dutch, and thus spoke a different dialect. Now, of course, Holland does not have mountains, but the Japanese did not know that. Von Siebold, however, soon became well-known as a surgeon, and Japanese patients from all over came to see him. Eventually, he was allowed to attend patients in Nagasaki, which was an extraordinary concession by its governor. An interesting side note, von Siebold introduced the use of belladonna drops to dilate pupils for cataract surgery. Belladonna, aka deadly nightshade, got its name from Italian meaning beautiful woman, likely because the herb was used in eye drops by women to dilate their pupils to make them appear seductive. In 1824, von Siebold would found a medical school on the outskirts of Nagasaki, which had over 60 Japanese students ranging in age from 15 to 60. He would have his students write dissertations in Dutch on a variety of subjects in Japanese culture, which he then used to write Nippon, a seven-volume publication on Japanese culture. He would even marry a Japanese woman, Kusumoto Taki, with whom he had a daughter named O-Ine. Unfortunately, this domestic bliss would not last. In 1828, a Dutch trading ship leaving Nagasaki for the Dutch East Indies ran aground. During the rescue, the Japanese discovered a number of Seabolt's possessions on board, including maps of Japan and plans of Edo Castle. Japanese law strictly forbade allowing maps of Japan to pass into foreign hands. And Although von Siebold explained that his interest in the maps was related to his study of the flora and fauna of Japan, he was accused of being a spy and thrown into jail. On October 22nd of 1829, he was banished from Japan forever, leaving behind his wife and daughter. The ban was finally lifted in 1859, 30 years later, and von Siebold was able to return to Japan to meet his former wife, as both had remarried, and his daughter, who had become the first Japanese female doctor to practice Western medicine in Japan. The Dutch monopoly on trade and Japan's isolation period ended when the American Commodore Matthew Perry steamed into Tokyo Bay in 1853 with a flotilla of gunships and forced the Shogun to open trade agreements with Europe and America. The Japanese called the fleet the Black Ships because they were covered with soot from the coal-fired engines. By 1870, the evolution of Western medicine in Japan had become strongly influenced by German physicians due to Germany's rise to dominance in the medical world. Many Japanese doctors would go to study in Germany under such luminaries as Theodor Billroth, see episode 39, and Bernhard von Langenbeck. This continued until World War II, after which American visiting professors greatly contributed to Japanese medical practice. And of course, by this point, Japan had established its own rich history of contributions to modern surgery, but that is a whole nother story. A direct line can be drawn from the early days of the surgery of the red-haired, to the foundation of medical schools in Nagasaki, Osaka, and Tokyo. As well, the Dutch influence on Japan can be found in Japanese vocabulary, where there are at least 160 Dutch loanwords, often related to trade goods and sailing lingo, but also in surgery. Here are some examples. The Japanese word for scalpel is mesu, and the Dutch word for knife is mes. The word kateteru comes from the Dutch catheter, and supoito from the Dutch syringe. And finally, in Japanese, the word for nerve is shinu, and the Dutch zenu. So as you can see, their over 200-year exclusive relationship had some lasting effects. That wraps up another episode of Legends of Surgery. I hope you enjoyed it. The next episode will cover the famous British surgeon Sir Astley Cooper, but we'll also focus on an interesting case involving his nephew. With a bit of a tie-in into a recent podcast, he performed a lithotomy, but botched it terribly, leading to what may have been the first medical-legal case in modern history, and that should prove very interesting. Now, please note that I'm moving to a summer schedule, so I'll only be releasing a new episode once a month until September, when I'll return to my roughly every two-week schedule. In the meantime, please rate the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download episodes and leave a comment there, or follow me on Twitter at Surgery Legends, like us on Facebook at Legends of Surgery, or send an email to Surgery at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on the podcast or ideas for future episodes, and as always, thanks for listening.